back with Alana Pratt and we're going to dive into some listener questions and we have so much to cover here from just boundaries to dealing with aggressive behavior and relationships and how to be happy and just being alone if that is what we choose or that's where we're at in life. So Alana, thank you for joining us once again and excited to talk to you. Oh, it's great to be back, Lana. I like it that it's like Uma and Oprah, Lana and Alana. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very cognizant of that because I want to say Alana now just for that reason. So I think I'm going to start up saying my name is Lana, just trying to make sure I keep on the right track. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So we have some great listener questions here and I want to dive right in. So the first one we have is how can one find comfort in being alone when they want to be in a relationship? Mm, Yes, this is so important. I spent my 52nd birthday alone, but I wasn't lonely. And there's a difference. So I remember when I met Florence Henderson at this event and I went up to her and I said, oh my God, I've watched you since a little girl. What is your advice for, for women? And she said, you must fall in love with living alone. And so it's definitely a growth uh, edge for a lot of us Mm -hmm. to be able to feel full to be able to feel enough when we're alone. And normally the main relationship that we're craving, even though we say we want to be dating and in a relationship, and that's true. I think the main relationship that we're missing, the main person that we're homesick for is ourself. The part of us that believes we're not good enough unless we find love until we find our partner, that's the part that we need to come home to. That's the lonely part. And I was certainly like this. I was convinced I would be happy when I found my partner. And when I went inside and learned, oh my God, I'm critical of myself. I don't think I'm good enough. And if they choose me, then I'm good enough. That was my inner work to do. And so that would be my my invitation to these people. There is a home on the inside that feels like being held by a thousand angels. There's this feeling of total exhale and letting go when you're no longer in resistance to any part of yourself, you've looked at the shameful part of you and you've shone light on that and brought her or him home. You've looked at the, the, the insecure part and brought that part home. The part that has failed or made a lot of mistakes and you've forgiven and brought that part home. The times when you made, you said something horrible and you've never forgiven yourself for it. Forgive yourself and bring that part home. When you bring all the little ones home, you feel so rich and expansive. You even feel this sense of oneness with all of life. You can go outside in nature and feel like you're making love with life, that you know, you're penetrating life with your talents and gifts and life is guiding you. There's this, this rapture you can be in with the divine when you really do this level of inner work. Mm-hmm. And then it changes from I want or need a partner to I choose one. I choose one. And that's a place of power. That's when we don't give away our, um, our values or our power to another where we don't manipulate another just to, to, we don't say yes to a booty call. Unless you want a booty call, you can say yes to a booty call, but I mean, you don't do it just to get the attention, right? Really empowered, confident choices and attracting it's all a vibration. So you're going to be attracting a higher level of person. Then if someone knows they can manipulate you, what kind of person is that? Not somebody I don't want to date, right? Yeah. Right. So we need to get to that place inside where we can't be, we don't manipulate ourselves in a negative way. Um, and we don't manipulate others or allow them to manipulate us just to get attention. It's a very free place to live. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. The way that you framed that was was great because there's, you know, being alone right now, key, not feeling lonely, but being alone right now because you're just not in a relationship. And maybe you want to be in a relationship because that is your choice versus, you know, society making you think that you're successful in life by being in a relationship. So I think it's important, like you said, you're you're finding yourself, you're finding your happiness, you're let going of letting go of any shame or insecurities that you might have. You're not um, making yourself smaller to be in a relationship with someone else. You're not expecting someone else to, to make themselves smaller to be with you. You're yeah. okay on your own, and being in a relationship is a supplement. It's not like you know, when people say like, I find my other half, where it's just like, we have two holes here. We don't need another half of something. So it's important totally. what you said, like, you're, you're, you're okay on your own. People could smell if you're just desperate and wanting something just so you can say you're in something, right? Totally. Yeah. And you attract a low vibrational partner who will use you and take advantage of you if you're desperate. I was at, yeah. I remember the last retreat I was at. So I just had the single sit over here and the couple sit over here. And then I said to the couple's, Tell us all of the horrible things that you go through and challenges that you're going through in relationship <laughs> to the singles. Tell them how fun it is that now they found the one and well, she does this and he does that. And they're like, oh, and then I said to the single ones, you know, what's really lonely or difficult about being alone. And, um, and then the, the couples were like, oh, I think we should work on our stuff because wow, yeah. it's not, I say I'm out of here. But wow, it is, it is tough. So when you can have compassion for both sides, when you can see the benefits and I mean all the benefits to somebody who's single and alone. What are the benefits of being alone physically, physically in your body, mentally in how you talk to yourself, spiritually with your relationship with the divine, emotionally, how you soothe your emotions, vocationally, financially, socially, what are the benefits of being alone? Mm-hmm. Romantically, uh, you look at all the other couples and, and you pine and you make them wrong, or can you learn to be happy for people who are happy? That is a, that is a growth opportunity of being single sexually. How can you have a great sexual relationship? If you don't even know what turns you on, get yourself a bunch of toys and what you call it and have a good old time with yourself, self-pleasuring so that you can actually share with your partner. This is what turns me on so they can win. And we can have two people that are really enjoying pleasure. Yeah. Your, your uh, retreat example reminds me of, you know, we're kids. We can't uh-huh. wait to be adults. You know, I want to right. be on my own. You can't tell me what to do. I want to have ice cream for breakfast. I want to have candy for dinner. Uh-huh. And then we're adults and all we're like, I don't want to pay bills anymore. There's too many responsibilities. I just want to be a kid so I can play and watch TV totally. and sleep and eat. Right. So yeah, it's a, you know, and that's kind of like in life in general, you want what you don't have. So that, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind because you said, I, I knew where you were going when you said the couple's or you're asking them what's great yeah. or, or, you know, tell us about being in a relationship so that the single people can yeah. hear it. But on the flip yeah. side, I think it's important of, you know, listening to what the singles have to say so that couples can think about maybe we should work on this because, totally. you know, it's not grass is not always greener on the other side. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. And the gift of being intimate with ourselves or present with another is we're in balance. We're not clamoring for, I need this. I need this. And we're not resisting, resisting this. We're just here, which means I see the pain or the, sorry, the benefits of pain. And I see the detriments of too much pleasure. Mm -hmm. I can actually look into these areas and, and get out of the illusion, fantasy nightmare. I can get off that roller coaster and go, you know what? I'm alone right now. There are like half of it. It is hard. I need to take care of everything myself but it's awesome. I don't fall down into the toilet bowl in the middle of the night because he left the seat up. Like it's, this is yeah. awesome. There's always pros and cons. 
So before we move on to the next question, I'm curious, um, what do your, because I know that there's a, a framework behind, you know, couples that are going to go to therapy and, you know, you, you, you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped essentially, but what things are you looking for or things that you might need or ask of your clients before they have sessions with you? What's going to help set, you know, help them set themselves up for success? Yeah. Well, willingness to take ownership and not blame. Mm-hmm a willingness to realize that we can't think our way to the healing. Otherwise you would have read another book and you would be fine right now. You're going to feel your way to the healing. And that takes bravery. A lot of people just live from the chin up trying to figure it out, but, but this is going to take feeling, which is going to take bravery. Um, And that we don't give up until we're complete. If we say we're going to do this for six months or for a year, we don't get to give up before we're done. And you're going to want to give up maybe every day. Okay. So we're in it till the end. As long as people are committed, willing to feel and do the work and willing to stop blaming and take ownership, I, I can create, I can create miracles. But if somebody aborts or just keeps blaming or refuses to feel and just stays all in their head, I can't really get very far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next question we have here is how can you overcome shame? Oh, I like this one. How can you overcome shame and liberate your sexuality? Hmm. It's a, it's a process. It's a process. And we all know that shame is the lowest on Hawkins scale of consciousness. So a very, very low vibration and guilty is that, you know, you've done something wrong and feel bad about it, but shame is that you've decided you're wrong. You've decided you're somehow you fundamentally are wrong and taboo. So it's about rebuilding that relationship with your body and with your sexuality. And so I have a lot of deep quantum psychology processes around this coming home to yourself, which includes feeling feelings you don't want to feel. You don't want to feel shame. You don't want to feel rejection. You don't want to feel the worst case scenario of being rejected. Mm -hmm. Um, You might not want to feel your true desire and turn on. That might scare you of what really turns you on. So there's going to be a lot of exploring, a lot of feeling, and a lot of allowance as you get to know yourself and, and a decision that I refuse to hate myself any longer. Sometimes in order to um, begin the movement out of shame is to ask them, what do you love about shaming yourself? Oh, I don't love anything about it. It sucks. I, I hate, I hate that. I don't feel free in my sexuality. I'm like, let's look deeper. What, what's the payoff of being ashamed about your sexuality? Oh, I don't have to grow. I don't have to heal. I don't have to show up. I don't have to risk rejection. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So People actually keep shame in place because they haven't come home to themselves on the inside to open their heart and move forward and live not for the approval of other of, of others, but for the glory of being free and liberated being themselves. So there's a right. lot of layers to this. So it's not like a one and done session. It's a journey. So that's one piece to it. Another piece to it is um, when I do, I do group coaching, private coaching uh, and retreats. And so when you're on a group call and everybody there. You can't just like come in and come out like everyone's in it for the year. And that creates that level of commitment, safety, rapport, and community. Mm -hmm. Somebody starts to share and then you realize, oh my God, they didn't die. Alana didn't make them wrong and everyone else encouraged them. Hmm, maybe I can share. So you start to, you know, together we're better. And then you realize all of us on some level have been shamed for our sexuality and all of us on some level are scared of that much surrender and expression and being who we truly are. And then as we begin to have more wins in these areas, 
it gets very delicious. The conversations get very delicious, (laughs) I will say, and very spiritual. Like, I think I just had an orgasm with the divine last night. It wasn't just literal. It was like this full body thing. What the hell's that? I said, well, I'm not a tantrika and I interview a lot of them on my podcast, but here's what I've discovered. And they're like, so what vibrator should I buy? I don't even want to go online because then I'll start getting all these ads or something. Um, so we, we play, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, like an overarching message I'm hearing and what you're saying too, is we're, we're so um, kind of concerned with other people's comfort level that mm-hmm. we're willing to just maintain our discomfort, right? I'd rather be uncomfortable than making anyone around me in my circle that can see me uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm used, I'm, I'm comfortable in my discomfort and I'd rather do that than being comfortable in other people's discomfort. It's too much work to have to do, yeah, right? Yeah. This is easier just to stay over here in the corner. Yeah. Totally. But what they find <laughs> working with me, whether it's a group call or whether it's a private call or whether it's at a retreat, as soon as an emotion comes up, if we don't integrate that baby, it's going to grow. What you resist persists. A little bit of shame is going to become a lot of shame. A little bit of anger is going to become a lot of anger. But if they feel it, I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's integrate this all the way through in this moment. The other Mm -hmm. side of it is from shame to allowance, to full self-expression, to unapologetic living, from from sadness to allowance, to forgiveness, to seeing the, the gift, to empowerment. Like everything that's quote unquote negative, when integrated, empowers you. And so when I get in there and they realize this discomfort, oh, I'd rather be uncomfortable myself rather than make anyone else uncomfortable. I'm like, great, let's be uncomfortable. Here we go. Worst case scenario, yeah. feel, it, feel it. And they're like, oh, Alana, go away. And I'm like, it doesn't get good until you say, fuck off, Alana. Now the, now the call is getting good. So we <laughs> the discomfort, but I'm doing it, Lana, for everybody because everybody on some level is a little uncomfortable about sharing. So I coach one person, but everybody's discomfort gets integrated and the whole call goes up in a vibration mm-hmm. of, of sharing. And then one person says, well, can I tell you what happened? We're like, yeah. Um, and then we celebrate. That's another thing. Celebrate bravery. Because yeah. in general, vulnerability is not celebrated. We make others quite uncomfortable when we just are unabashedly who we are. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. So the container that I create in my group coaching is so safe to not just be vulnerable with our shame or our pain, but also to be celebrated for our glory. A lot of people won't be happy for you if you're that um, successful. Well, aren't you all of that in a bag of chips? And, and so this is also a safe place to express and be free and dream and really go beyond what society says is possible and create that and have that. Yeah. So can you touch on, which is kind of in line with what you were just saying, but can you touch on feminine versus masculine energy? Mm. So as you're having these retreats, I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how that dynamic kind of works. Is it more comfortable for some groups versus others? And, you know, that dynamic there. Mm. A lot of people come to me for this um, freedom around their masculine and feminine energy within themselves first. Yeah. So our masculine energy is our directional leadership, speak up, show up, you know, take a stand, um, make a difference kind of energy and our feminine energy within all men and excuse me, women is allowing receptive going with the flow sitting in the fire is, is feminine. Cause you're not fixing or changing anything. You're just being there. It takes so much bravery in the dark. Mm-hmm. So this and feminine is also can be inviting, welcoming, alluring. Mm-hmm. And so, um, within a human they're masculine. They could be in their shadow feminine or shadow masculine, no matter what their gender is. If they are making their full self-expression wrong or they can't receive and they just deflect uh, the good or the bad, 
So we all look at that within ourselves. But at this last retreat, I had the women do um, sacred feminine uh, flowing movement for about an hour. And I had the guys go off and do their competition. I don't even know what they did. They went off with the event coordinator and they did some (laughs) competitive stuff. Um, And then we came back for a salon and I got the guys to sit all together and the women everywhere else. And they've been together, I think, three days by this point. But the way the women sat down after moving their hips and being fluid and flowing with other women in a non-competitive environment out of their heads and into their bodies, they sort of like were like liquid poured onto the couches. They were just like on each other. And the men were like, what's happened? That only took you 45 minutes. And they also were quieter. A lot of times when we're not in our bodies, we're in our head. We just talk, 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 talk. And, you know, can we talk? what, what gentleman is going to say, sure. Like, let's do that. Like, no, right. right? <laughs> Run for the hills. <laughs> they were more in their bodies. They were quieter. And what it allowed for was the men to talk more. And it wouldn't, and every so often I press pause and I say, time out. I go, have you noticed how much the guys are talking? Why? Because you've shut up and you're not interrupting. Have you noticed? And they're like, yeah, actually. And the men were like, I'm sorry, ladies, you are beautiful they didn't wear anything different. They didn't put on a little more makeup. Nobody lost 10 pounds. It was their radiance. It was their radiance. And the men noticed it. And they're like, oh my God. So my beauty is an inside job. Yeah. Intimacy is an inside job. Beauty is an inside job. And then I asked questions of both of them. I said to the ladies, what is it about the masculine that makes you feel safe to blossom open as the feminine, not just sexually, but in all areas. And then what was shared by the women to the, to the men was so vulnerable. And you could see them go, oh, I had no idea. When I do that, it makes you feel unsafe. Anytime they're not present, it's like they just, the women just fell off a cliff. They're like, here I am. And then you're not present. They're like, wow, that's why she gets so cranky. And they really took it in in a different way. And then I asked the gentleman, what is it that the feminine can be or do that awakens your grandeur? And just to hear them say, even if I fail, I'm not a failure right? Believe in me, even if I make a mistake, do you have any idea how hard it is to be out there on the battlefield of life and come back and fail and, and feel your judgment? I just want to give up. And so it was so vulnerable on both of their halves when they were really in their, their unique energies mm-hmm. and guided to speak from their heart vulnerably, not from their minds. Uh, it was, it was epic. It was just epic. One woman said, I had no idea. This is who men are. I believe in men again. And one of the men said of the other men, I've never had men have my back like this. I trust men now. Wow. And two of the women, they were just like lying on top of each other. They're like, I love my new sister. And before <laughs> yeah. she was very like, oh, am I overweight or, or she's better than me, prettier than me, more beautiful, the competition. But it was just like, we had each other's back. It was beautiful. Yeah. I, I was waiting for you to say that next day you, you had not switch. And the ladies went out and did some <laughs> competitive stuff. And the guys my, doing my some ladies movements. are <laughs> ladies I attract are really driven, amazing women. One closed a $15 million um, grant for her company to mm-hmm. create some things. Another one closed. Anyways, they make, they're plenty driven. They don't need any help in that department. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, the next question we have here is how can couples reconnect after an argument? Mm, yeah. So so after the, the, um, the, the argument, it would be, um, if you haven't said, I'm sorry yet, 
would be, I'm sorry, without, that's the end of the sentence, I'm sorry. A great question to ask is, um, how can I make up for the damage done? That's a great question to ask. I need, and that way you can really check in. I need a hug. You were saying, I need to see a change in behavior. Yeah. I would really, I would really like you to take me to dinner. I'd like a foot rub, whatever it, whatever it is. How can I make up for the damage done? And I think really restating your commitment that this is not going to keep happening. Here's what I learned. I want to thank you. Here's what I learned from um, this last argument that we had. I choose to do better at listening and not interrupting. Okay. This kind of um, making sure you've, because you're going to fight. There's no way around that. Yeah. And nobody's perfect. There's no way around that. But if, as long as we keep doing the work and we see the other one doing the work, it breeds respect and eventually devotion. Mm-hmm. Because in, when it's inconvenient, uncomfortable, they're brave, heart open and do the work. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in this. I'm yeah. in this for the long yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because it's, I, I think, you know, if I'm in a relationship and we agree on everything and there's no conflict, well, then that also sounds boring. You know, it's not yeah. like I want the drama, but also you need that challenge. Like you said, who's going to help make you a better person, you know? So if every time I have an idea or a thought or something, or say I get an argument with a friend and you tell my, I tell my partner, oh no, you were right. I have nothing to add to that. Just tell like a, a yes, man. And what, what am I, how, how are you helping me here? You know, no, we're not growing at all. It's a very shallow, mediocre relationship. Yeah. And even, even before that conversation, sometimes repair is just asking permission. Can I sit down beside you and just put your hand out? It takes bravery. Cause they might be like, put your hand <laughs> out. Be the one to go first and just hold hands in silence. Even that can begin the repair or yeah. would you like to go for a walk? And you just don't need to say anything, but just start to be together. Yeah, and I, I think that. always own first. That makes it safe for the other. Yeah. This next question we touched on a bit. So if you have anything you want to add, you can. It's, yeah. uh, how can you put an end to passive aggressive behavior in a relationship? Mm. Well, you can't control another, damn it. Um, but you can let them know, ouch. I learned this from Alison Armstrong, my God, maybe... 20 years ago, when I first take, start, started taking her programs, just to be able to, if you don't react with a, how dare you? And you don't hide and shut down yeah. and you could be vulnerable in the moment and have this agreement beforehand that when you say, ouch, the other person immediately says, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. Even if you have no freaking clue what you just did. Okay. So it's not about saying, I'm a bad person. I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings, but it's about caring about the other. The other, instead of being mean or running away is bravely sitting in the fire with their heart open saying, ouch, be willing to say, I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. Tell me more. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that will, if a passive aggressive behavior is happening and you get that little snide comment, ouch. And if the person is willing to do the work and maybe it will take like a counselor or some sessions as well, because it's probably a very ingrained familial way of being. I do remember one time dating a gentleman and their whole family was passive aggressive because no one taught them how to sit in the fire, open their heart and tell the truth. So they were high level PhD, passive aggressive people. And it hurt bad. And when I was reacting back, it was a fight. But when I began to say, ouch, and he was willing to do the work, he paused. And then he goes, oh, that's just how I've been raised. I go, got it. And do you enjoy being around your family? No, that's fine, 
right? Yeah. What else is possible? And we mm-hmm. learn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next question is, what steps are needed for couples to be resilient when facing obstacles or threats to their relationship? Hmm. Curious question. Resiliency is born through difficulty. You don't get resilient sitting around eating like chocolate all day. You get resilient yeah. by going difficult times. So resilience yeah. is birthed through difficulty. And so to build resiliency, you'd want to challenge yourself. Like maybe you have a, like, you don't want her to go on that girl's weekend or you don't want him to go on that boy's golf trip. And you, you are insecure about it. You could build resiliency by, by giving trust and freedom and allowance and saying, have an amazing time with your friends. Yeah. And then that weekend that you're alone, don't drink 10 bottles of wine, get some <laughs> counseling appointments, um, be with your own girlfriends, be with your own self, be in nature, journal, meditate, grow in that place in you that has every right to be insecure. Cause probably that happened in the past and somebody didn't treat you well, didn't use their freedom. Well, so it's okay. And there's no way we're going to know whether this one is going to use their freedom. Well, unless we give allowance and freedom, right? So that would be a way to build resiliency during a challenge for future challenges. And I think we always need to have um, uh, advisors in our back pocket. I've been a coach for 20 years, but I've never, even during my, during my leanest years, I've never gone without a coach. Okay. Because I can't see my own blind spots to save my life. Why on earth should anyone hire me if I'm not going through the same level of rigor and vulnerability with my coach that I'm asking them to do with me? So always have somebody, it could be a pastor at a church. It could be if you have a high level group of your woman's circle or your men's circle, your men's group, certainly a counselor or a healer, or you go to workshops, uh, couples workshops on a regular basis, Um, just something so that we're always growing and we're always learning, then resilience will grow and grow. Otherwise, if you don't build resilience and something really difficult happens, you you don't have anyone to fall on. You don't have any skills or tools to fall on. You don't have your own back. Um, And it's going to be painful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. How you started there with, you know, what it even means to be resilient, because a lot of times people have, you know, a fear, like you said, you have a partner who's going on this trip and you just start thinking of all these manipulative ways of how can I keep them? I'm going on this trip. And then that doesn't help. So then in a two months, if another trip comes up, your all your fears and insecurities come back up, right? You're never working on it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so to remember that we, that butterflies, if you cut them out of the cocoon, can't fly. It's through the struggle and through the difficulty that allows them to soar. So pain isn't bad. Struggle isn't bad. Difficulties aren't bad. They're uncomfortable. They're intense, but they're not bad. And so yeah. lean in, do the work and know that that's just going to serve you your whole life in every relationship you have. Right. Okay. The next question we have is what are common communication patterns that destroy trust? Mm. Well, saying, I don't trust you. <laughs> that'll, <laughs> that'll destroy it pretty fast. Yeah. Um, or not, as I said, giving, go, go have a great weekend with your, with your guy friends. You sure you're okay with it? No, I'm actually really insecure about it, but that's not your issue. That's my issue, right? I give you trust because ultimately I trust myself. Ultimately I trust myself. I think we often give away and then manipulate and control the other to try to trust when we can't control them, but we can trust ourselves. 
we can do the inner work to keep our heart open. Remember when we're coherent and our heart is open, that's when we hear our intuition and instincts. When our heart is closed, we're in fear, we're in blame. We can't hear our intuition, which means we can't trust ourselves. And then our mind talks us into or out of things all day long, right? Um, and so to trust oneself, one must heal their own wounds, open their heart in coherence, hear their own instincts, and then have the bravery. And that also comes from an open heart, the bravery to ask those tough questions or make those tough decisions. Yeah. And so tr trust is ultimately in one's self. I love it. The next question is what are the first steps in healing your heart and mind after an emotionally abusive relationship? I would, I don't know, this is kind of a funny answer first. A hot bath, a shot of tequila and eat a bag of chips. Like have a good cry. Like be human, be yeah. human. After you have to, you have to go through it, not around it. Right. Yeah, exactly. The only way through is through. So be, be human, be human. Yeah. Um, but, but, but feeling an emotion, not all the way creates more of it. So have guidance from a counselor where you can integrate all these emotions all the way through to the embodiment of the wisdom you are meant to gain from that relationship. Right. So I would say, don't go through it alone. Be gentle, be patient, be human. Because if you spiritual bypass anything, oh yeah, no, I'm totally fine. It was the greatest lesson of my life, but you're bullshitting yourself. You're going to attract the exact same lesson worse until you finally get the, get the lesson. Mm -hmm. So yeah, gentle, a little bit of humor, community support. Yeah. There's something about allowing another to hold you like physically, um, emotionally where it's okay to lose your shit. It's okay yeah. to come up. Yeah. It's okay to not try to keep it together and look good all the time. That's a, a gift. A lot of us never give ourselves yeah. and it's a privilege. I remember Lana in my last VIP, a very, very driven, successful, incredible woman. Um, and we started, she always would wear her braids. She'd wear braids all the time. And I was like, could you just take your braids out? It was my intuition. I didn't really know mess up your hair. And then all of a sudden she started crying. I'm like, yeah, something's in there. What's going on? And it was that she's always had to keep it together and, and be on her own. Cause her parents rarely, if ever held her like ever wasn't in their culture. And her husband is lovely and loves her, but eventually it's going to lead to, to sex. So she'd never just been held physically held messy ever. Yeah. So it's not normally what I do, but I said, come here. And I just held her. I just sat on the couch. I sat her down, like facing out. And I just held her. And I just said, and I could feel her body like this. And then slowly, but surely she began to let go. And then she began yeah. to sob. Lana, we were there for at least foreign territory for her. Yeah. yeah. And so when we're going through a breakup in a place where you're going to be honored and safe to let yourself be held can be very, very healing. Very, very healing. Yeah. Okay. We have, um, actually, this is a good note to wrap this on. The last question is how do you not lose yourself and interests in a relationship? So I'm already thinking, you know, codependency, you're just like losing, losing your identity. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you not do that? Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes the only way to know that you are codependent is to get into a relationship and lose yourself. So then the next part is don't judge yourself that you lost yourself. Then the yeah. next step is where is that moment when I say yes, when I mean, no, where's that moment when I don't speak up and say, well, if that's going to be your morning practice, I need my morning practice. Where's that moment when you just acquiesce and say, fine, I'll pay for that. Or, or whatever it is. These are moments to speak up, be courageous, open your heart and not, and here's the underlying thing, not source your safety, your good enoughness, your approval, mm -hmm. 
from them. Yeah. That's really what we're, we're doing in a codependent relationship. They become the source of our worth and our safety and our happiness. And so it's our job to source that in ourselves, affirm that in ourselves, appreciate that in ourselves, listen to ourselves, have our own back so that even though we prefer, we all get along. If, if in that relationship, they're like, no, you, I don't want you to go to the gym in the morning. I want us to have coffee. You'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to get up an hour earlier and still go to the gym so that we can have coffee then, or let's have coffee every other day because going to the gym is really important to me. Or would you like to come to the gym with me? And then we'll have coffee on the way home. Like there's so many ways you could talk about this and not give yourself away, but there's that choice point, that moment when they say, Hey, don't go to the gym. I like to have coffee with you. And you might lose their love. You might risk rejection. You might, uh, that's the moment to have your own back. Take a beat, take a breath, open your heart, do the sandwich. Oh, thank you for wanting to have coffee with me. That makes me feel so good. Can I tell you what's true in my heart? If I give up going to the gym, it's only going to take a week before I'm one cranky bitch. So what can we create together so that both of us can get our needs met? Cause I'm really committed that this relationship works. And so when you have these kind of conversations, you are co-creating a relationship that where both people are better as opposed to a codependent where you're giving away your truth for their comfort. So find that moment when you are about to give away your power and have your own back rather than try to go, oh, I might lose their love. Give yourself love. Oh, they might reject me. Don't reject yourself. Oh, they might disapprove of me. Don't disapprove of yourself. And then put it in that sandwich, as I was saying earlier, and speak your truth, reminding them that together we can be better. And let's see what they're made of. If they're only interested in being typically identified, we say a narcissist, which would take your power away. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't want to date them, but your average person is willing to do the work when you speak up in such a manner where together we're better, they'll make it work. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Elena, thank you. It's been so great having you on and just hearing all your, your gems, your knowledge. It's so amazing. You have a really unique um, perspective, I feel on relationships and just hearing talk about how you do your retreats and your private and your group sessions. I'm so glad you were able to like allow us in a little bit, you know? Thank you. I didn't know I'm different than most, but I, I, what, um, what works to me is always going to the core and being unattached and loving people exactly where they are. And it's a privilege and honor to have these intimate relationships with these incredible people. And thank you so much for, for having me. And uh, I look forward to meeting someone that might've heard this on one of the retreats or in one of the the group calls and let me, let me love the shit out of you too. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah. When you said you didn't feel like it was different from most, I think, you know, the delivery is very important. You have really great examples that you're giving and it's a unique perspective that you're going against the grain, shall I say that everyone's thinking like, this is the one way it should be. And you know, you're saying there's no, you know, committing to what the resolution or like what the end game is going to be, but like, let's go through the work. Let's take it a day at a time. We're committed to this time, not what's yeah. happening at the end, but just to this time in general. And I think that's really important. Yeah. That's the way we invite yeah. in the universe. You know, yeah. we create with the universe when we can surrender and say, here's my best. What do you got? But when we're attached uh, to it ourselves, then all it is, is our ego trying to control the whole thing. And we're not inviting in magic and miracles. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. If you can share with the audience, you know, plug your information, the projects that you're working on, the best places that we can follow you and just figure out whatever you have coming up next. 
Oh, you're so sweet. Thank yeah. you. So my name, Alana Pratt, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com is my site. Uh, that's my handle on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. Um, my my uh, Intimate Conversations is my podcast. Lots okay. and lots of great interviews there. My YouTube channel has over 5 million views, lots of like thousands of videos there. So um, if you search in the search bar, what your, what your challenge is, I'm sure something's going to come up. And yeah. then when you go to my site, there's also an intimacy blind spot breakthrough quiz where you can discover what your blind spot is when it comes to intimacy. Cause I can't say mine. You can't see yours. Nobody can see the blind spot. I'm going to take that test right after this. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful way to start to get to know me better. Great. Thank you so much again for joining me. Uh, All my love and thank you.